tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Another episode of Televised Heroics. Daniel, we totally forgot to celebrate the fact that last week was our 50th episode. Holy crap, man. That's, uh... We hit a milestone there. I mean, it is kind of a milestone. We've already, like... We've already celebrated one year, but if you uh, think about the fact that you know there's 52 weeks in a year, and two more episodes, or this episode plus the next episode, will be 52. But I don't know. I, I, it, we've missed a couple weeks, so you know, 50. 50 is a big milestone. Yeah, I'm okay with you know celebrating at 50. That's totally fine with me. And here's to another 50, right? Hell yeah. I'll drink to that. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I don't think either one of us really had any big news stories that we wanted to talk about. So if you're into it, we can just get straight into the to the to talking about the shows. As long as you're ready, I'm ready. Well, then let's go ahead and talk about Gotham. And I want to say that I was pretty surprised about the basically the ending storyline for uh captain barnes yeah uh like it was (laughs) i was just gonna say like for the fact that um you know last episode we saw him throw a man through a wall down a couple stories uh i was surprised at what what the episode opens up with you get to see him basically uh hanging three people in abandoned warehouse that, that was pretty badass and you know they're claiming that they're all innocent he's like no nah, you guys just slipped through the cracks you guys slipped through the justice system he's up and i'm executioner jury and i forgot the other one it's judge jury and ed- executioner there we go yeah <laughs> uh which makes me think that he's supposed to be uh like an, a, a character named the executioner in batman comic books or at least dc comic books okay so that's a bad guy they're building him up to be then? Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, I guess if we're not going to have any... Uh, uh, if we're not going to have... Uh, the Jailer? No, I forget what... I, oh. I re- literally lost my train of thought while while speaking. <laughs> so that's, that's not important anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Bullock even says something to the fact that 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 room is cursed, uh, meaning the captain's room, the captain's desk, I guess, uh, because their last captain obviously died. What do you think? Do you think they're going to go straight to giving it to Gordon? It just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, not really. Uh, maybe it'd be Alvarez. They keep throwing his name out there, like he keeps popping up, or, but for no real real reason, I don't think. So maybe Alvarez will be the next captain. Or maybe they'll give it to, to Bullock temporarily, t- or take over temporarily again, because, you know, Barnes was like, you did a hell of a job while I was out. Fair enough, yeah, that that, that could be it, but, you know, I mean, his recommendation's not going to be so great at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to say is that there has been, I guess there's, it's a little bit of news, it's, it's kind of tangential, but uh, Marina Baccarin? Uh, who plays Leslie uh-huh. Tompkins or Lee Tompkins? Um, she is going to be on a new show over on I want to say CBS, where she's going to be playing a lawyer in a lawyer procedural show um, about a lawyer who defends cops who are going uh, to trial. So if she's going to be the new lead in that show, I'm guessing that means we're going to see Lee Tompkins die off here pretty soon. I mean, but Tompkins is always around, uh, you know, through Bruce's, you know, life uh, as an adult, too. So uh, maybe, you know, she, her and Mario are just going to run off. Phil, Again. That's, yeah, that could that could definitely happen. And then, you know, maybe 
it, and I think in the comic books they always kind of portray Lee or Doctor Tompkins and uh, Alfred getting together because they're basically yeah. the surrogate mother and father that Bruce lost. So maybe if you if you look down the future of this of this universe, her and Mario take off together, but then eventually he gets killed and she comes back and. Maybe down the line after Bruce has been Batman, you know, Alfred and, and Dr. Tompkins get together. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, but then again, anything can happen on the show. <laughs> that's also true. Uh, the other part of the show was, was basically uh, Poison Ivy uh, showing herself, or I'm sorry, Ivy showing herself to Cat uh, 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 or S- Selena. Yep, and gosh, she does no not know how to barter at all. <laughs> well, she is a twelve-year-old brain inside of a not even twelve. She she was younger than the other two, so she's probably like ten inside of a twenty-year-old body. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the only thing is, like, oh, you know, she was explaining to that one guy, like, oh, I like plants, so you know, men do what I want when I tell them to do it, and I don't have to, you know, give anything in return. Oh, and I love making perfumes. So I was like, how the hell did he learn to make perfumes? Yeah. I, that... <laughs> oh, sorry, folks. My All my stuff just fell down. So <laughs> Earthquake. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she obviously is already starting to show off her botany skills, I guess. Uh, the poison ivy that we know eventually... Uh, through a failed experiment becomes one with plants basically she can grow things through with her mind and and uh has that poison on her lips and stuff so uh this this is obviously the the starting of that yeah even though there's no indication of that happening really in the show yeah uh but that would mean that she's going to go through two transformations because she went through this transformation to make her older and then yet another transformation to uh, make her plant life. I guess. <laughs> okay, fair uh, enough. <laughs> are we even Are we even, even going to get that far? Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, uh, they're still calling it Mad City, whereas the Mad Hatter is obviously in prison ivy ends up stealing something from a old guy that basically you know brought her to his house to uh have his way with her (laughs) a little bow chicka wow wow and uh she hits him over the head with a pot which she tends to do a lot apparently and uh steals a necklace a jewel a giant jeweled necklace and uh that then sends people after her guys with weird helmets and and crossbows why crossbows no idea (laughs) uh are we assuming that this fits in with because when selena throws the necklace it breaks and then you you see that the jewel is actually a key so are we assuming this has to do with the court of owls i would assume so but i was but also i thought of a different route but it's too uh that's the future so i don't think that's gonna happen oh what 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 are you thinking um, that story arc with uh, Gordon's son, I think it was called the Skeleton Key. I have uh, the run in my box. I just can't remember the name of it. Okay. I mean, you never know. They could. I mean, yeah, Gordon doesn't really have a kid right now, but they might switch out kids. So. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, they. How did they end up getting away from the those those guys? Oh, they didn't. They what? Uh, even though Selena keeps implying that they're not boyfriend and girlfriend, she has been keeping, uh, you know, clips of stuff that's happening with uh, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And the the bad guys with the weird helmets uh, found her little box, her her secret hiding place. Yep. And I mean, gosh, I, I honestly don't. I but yeah, I'll give it to you. I think it is. Court of Owls related. I just don't know where it's going to go or what's going to happen next because, you know, they're just talked about, but 
not really talked about either. You know, they're kind of just like in the background. Yeah, exactly. And they've been teasing it so much that nothing has happened with it, you know? Yeah. So we'll have to uh, find out where that goes. I'm assuming that the mid-season finale is coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. Right before the holidays, usually. Yeah, usually. So, uh, anything else about Gotham you wanted to speak up about? At the end, Gordon does uh, get the better of Barnes and puts him inside Arkham Asylum. And that's how it ends. Just him saying guilty, and that's it. <laughs> cool. Uh, Supergirl. We have. What did you think? <laughs> we have uh, full-on... Uh, Alex coming out to Kara because uh, Maggie said the first thing you she did when she came when she realized that she was homosexual was that she went and told her family and uh, I guess the closest thing to family Alex thinks of is Kara even though her mother is obviously still alive. Maybe her mom is more old fashioned and was like I should just sell Kara. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, maybe they, they don't want to spend the money on getting uh, uh, Helen Slater back again. <laughs> that uh, could be true, too, because, I mean, they're putting so much more effort in all the special effects, so their budget's probably just going to that. True. Which then brings up to the fact that uh, this episode was Parasite, and once again in in the true cw form they got the right names and they even eventually made him look like the parasite but mm-hmm. they made rudy jones a a doctor a scientist <laughs> instead of being a uh uh janitor like he was oh, okay i was actually going to ask you i was like what is he normally yeah normally he's he's a janitor so they uh made him a scientist who basically got infected with an alien parasite. And then because of him sucking the power of both, uh, John and, uh, Kara, they made, made it so that he had his he was freaking huge. <laughs> well, I think he made, he got some of, of John's like, uh, morphine power, you know, like, uh, oh, that's true. shape-shifting power. So the parasite basically made his out, the outside human, uh, suit look a lot more like him. Yeah, you're uh, you're right. I didn't think about that. You know, one one thing I don't like, is, and maybe it's because it would make uh, Martian Manhunter too powerful. Because as much as I always hate when people bring up the argument that Superman is too powerful, like that's they don't know. Any, it's like those are the people that are usually don't read a lot of comic books, and they don't know the fact that the Martian Manhunter has all of Superman's powers plus more. So it makes, yep. it makes him a lot more powerful, but like uh, he never uses his his telepathy power. Like he could have easily shut down Rudy Jones, like from mile away with his with his uh, tele, tele, telepathy, uh, but he doesn't. He gets in close enough for Rudy Jones to to touch him, for the parasite to touch him. Well, even you said it yourself uh, the first season, you know that they decided to power him down a lot yeah you're right they they definitely did um and i i'm I'm guessing that's just because if he had the powers that he had every every problem would be solved instantly (laughs) (laughs) so you're saying because he can solve just about any problem that he can't have his own spinoff show exactly (laughs) uh but uh during this course they were able to heal Kara because they can replicate the sun's uv rays the yellow sun but they weren't able to to heal uh jean without a martian blood transfusion so they which i think was a little absurd but okay <laughs> it's very absurd <laughs> so they went and got uh began uh, began thank you and uh at first, she doesn't want to do it because she knows that she's not a green Martian. She's a white Martian. Now, in the comic books, green Martians and white Martians are literally two different species. In this, they might be trying to say that green Martians and white Martians just might be two different races. So, 
it's more of a prejudice thing that he wouldn't want white, white Martian blood in his in his in, flowing through him. Whereas in the comic book, I would assume that you couldn't just take uh, one speed. You, it's like you can't just take the blood from a deer and put it into my body and hope that it would work. <laughs> like there's a lot more science to go into it. I assume. Yeah. Oh, so I've been thinking. You know how McGann has been acting so shady. Couldn't fucking just to understand what's going on. Couldn't he read her mind? Okay, so I mean, John has always been like, I'm not going to enter people's minds without their permission, unless they're bad. So, like, if it's a bad guy, I could see I could see him doing like using his mind power to stop them or to read their mind. But if it's just it's a friend and an ally, he would he would do whatever he could. He would use his willpower to stop himself from reading their mind because it's it's a it's an invasion of privacy. Okay, gotcha. So he obviously he sees McGann as a as a friend and wouldn't do that to her. Well, if he's not going to do that, then, you know, she's kept saying, I'm sorry, you know, you're not going to like this. If he doesn't do that, then how's he going to find out, you know, that he has white blood in him? Uh, well, white I, Martian blood. I think that's <laughs> I think that's what's about to happen, because at the end of the episode, you know, when he's feeling better, you start to see that tremble in his hand. And she, McGann, notices it, and obviously the camera pans to it. Uh, yep. So maybe he'll start like i'm assuming that he'll start to have like some type of white martian memories or something like that and he'll wonder what the hell happened and then uh mcgann will come out and tell him that yeah i'm actually a white martian not a green martian but just to create some drama just to create some drama exactly (laughs) stupid cw (laughs) um so alex after telling kara uh goes and plants a kiss right on Maggie and Maggie is like hey I'm glad you're out but I'm not into you that way I'm just your friend and that really upsets Alex <laughs> yep and like I said last week it's you know it's just a way to make a you know strong character vulnerable giving her emotions and or relationship yeah you're right and that's a, and that's exactly true it's it's a way to just to break her down I guess now, do you think that she's been friend zoned, or for lack of a better word, or actually uh, Maggie just wants her to experience being uh, being out for a little bit before she moves in on the on her? And I, I don't, think I don't mean um, that in a predatory way. I think she way. just wants her to. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she just wants her to you know test things out before you know actually fully committing to something that's the vibe i kind of got to and i think it's unfortunate that they went this way with it because i i mean like i said last week i don't i don't falter for being uh gay but i think they really uh, missed an opportunity just to show them being really good friends like best friends like her having a best friend yeah, someone she can confide in, confide in with, with that's not Kara. I I agree. That was a missed opportunity. So I mean, it's just gonna be sisters have to stick together, basically, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, at the end of it, that's when, uh, you know, her and or Alex and Kara are kind of butting heads. And even though Kara is like very much, I love you. It doesn't really matter, kind of thing. Uh. And the other story, the, the third part of the story is uh, Guardian. You know, yeah. finally, obviously, Kara is having a hard time fighting Rudy or the parasite. So, finally, uh, Jimmy is decided to or convinces uh, Win to put the get him the suit so that he can go and be a superhero. I, I want to say uh, another thing too. Sorry, um, is this episode really wanted everybody to show off their acting chops? <laughs> well, you know we are right in the middle of a thing called sweeps, so November is a time when TV has to throw out their biggest stories and their uh, biggest uh, plots and stuff like that, so that they can. Uh, get the better ratings and then if they get better ratings then they can get more advertisers so that's uh 
what happens. It, for, it happens four times a year, and that's just okay. me knowing something about TV. So November is gotcha. one month. I think the next month is February. After that, it's May, and then July. Gotcha. <laughs> but back to back to this. Yeah, basically, uh, Jimmy kept wanting to fucking jump the gun. Like, no, let me do it. Let me do it now. Let me help out now. I don't have my dad's camera. You got to understand why you got to do this, man. <laughs> I also thought it was. It's interesting that. So did you get? Did you not get a, a like a. a of uh, static shock vibe from the two of them, because like uh, you know he's the one that has the the skills, whereas uh, Win is the one that creates all this the technology stuff and then stays behind and whispers in his ear about what to do next. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Which I don't remember what Static's friend's name was in that cartoon, but I know that's what uh, uh, Virgil his kind of his partnership was like. So. Uh, with the whole idea of one, he has a helmet on, so it kind of modulates his voice. Uh, plus the fact that Win is not that far away; he's in a van somewhere telling uh Jimmy what to do. But yet, Supergirl, who has super hearing, cannot figure out who the two people are, or who who the guardian is, or who guardian is, I should say. Maybe she wasn't focused at that at the moment. Maybe she's just like, shit, I gotta survive. Uh, and and the person that comes to help her is not only Guardian, but Monel. Monel comes out to yeah. uh, try and help save the day. But once again, all these people, all the only way they think about taking out the bad guy is with their fists. And like, that's the one thing about comic books. Like, they often turn to, hey, punch for punch isn't always going to work. We have to think things out. And all they did was go punch for punch. Like even after Kara had already failed at that twice, (laughs) she, uh, uh, they, she went punch for punch. That she did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, after, after, you know, he, he finally like Monel like tells Kara, Hey, I did the right thing. And she's like, yeah, you're a good guy. And he was going to go help out that homeless guy. He gets abducted. <laughs> uh, yeah. By Cad- Cadmus. Yeah. Uh, which you think well, would not be easy to abduct someone with super speed and super strength. Right. But, and I mean, I feel like a taser wouldn't do shit to him either. I, I really don't. Unless there was, like, the whole power grid for a national city inside <laughs> that taser. It just drops and they take him away. Yeah. Also, before we're done with the topic of the show, what the hell is with CW and, you know, fucking up helmets? <laughs> I don't know. They just don't like helmets over there. They're not crafty enough, I feel. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. It's, it's, I mean, it's a helmet. It's kind of been the same for generations. Uh, I mean... I don't see how you keep messing this up. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like even if they went with the comic book version of the helmets, it would have still worked. Well, I guess the idea is that he wants to, you know, he wants to remain anonymous. So the half helmet that the Guardian in the comic book wears probably wouldn't work so well, I guess. True. And uh, you know how she tried using um, her X-ray vision to see who was underneath that the helmet, and he's like, "Oh, like you're using lead." And he's like, "Yeah, can't make it too easy." Oh, by the way, I'm a friend, and drives off. That should if she can't figure it out by the next episode, like, how stupid are you? You should know. Not many people know that you can't see through fucking lead. <laughs> However, this is a show where. They change cars by from Kara to Supergirl just by putting glasses on. So, and she told the same thing to Monel. Oh yeah, here I bought these glasses for you, so people can't tell who you are when you go fight crime. <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the Flash. Uh, w- what we had? Who did the Flash have to fight off? The, oh, it's more of alchemy. We actually saw a lot, a lot of what's going on there. 
Wally is getting messages, I guess, you know, attacks of seeing his uh, alternate life where he had super speed and then eventually seeing himself get killed and uh, wanting all those powers for himself. Yeah. And, you know, and he gets possessed at one point, too, because he's like, let me out of here, let me out of here. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, uh, it was pretty good when uh, Iris lets her out, lets him out, and they didn't follow suit with the typical uh, damsel in distress. She literally dodges the punches, punch, and then straight up right, left, I think it was a right hook, just, like, knocked him out. <laughs> that was awesome to watch. I was not expecting that. Uh, then they used him as bait to, uh, I guess, follow him to wherever Alchemy was calling him to. Uh, Alchemy was going to use his, uh, Philosopher's Stone to change him into Kid Flash, but, uh, the rest of the, the group runs in. Well, actually, that was the thing I thought was weird. Flash just runs in first. And he can't, he's like having trouble taking on all three, and nobody else does anything until he finally says, Okay, Joe, come in. It's like, you see that he's not winning, you could go in and help. Maybe they thought he could take him out, so like, yeah, we'll give, we'll give him a little bit. Maybe, I don't know, that seemed weird. We also saw the, sh- we saw Shade the Changing Man in this episode, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was. Right? With, uh... Um, oh god, uh, with HR changing his face. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I was talking about. Oh. I was talking about the shadow, the, the, the bad guy, the shadow that, like, killed those three people. Oh, yeah. That was pretty cool. That's too. a character named Shade the Changing Man, I believe. Uh, but yes, I... HR with his, uh, technology to change his face was pretty awesome, too. Uh, giving him a way to once again become public and sit and not have to worry about his face. And also, we don't have to worry about seeing the other guy's face anymore because we're part of the group that gets to see his regular face because he got flashy-themed, <laughs> like in Men in Black. Yep. Unless, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, Reflection will probably see... Because they did a Reflection, that was the other dude's face. That's true. So, uh, yeah, every once in a while. Maybe we'll we'll catch a reflection when they forgot to change it, and we'll be like, ah, we caught you. <laughs> we caught the mistake. <laughs> uh, the end of the episode ends with, uh, you know, well, basically, Wally grabs the the stone, and or does he grab the stone, or did he not grab the stone? Yeah, he does. So he probably is going to start. Does. He's going to get his powers, but then we see Savitar show up, and he explains, the god of speed. Yeah, he's the he's the god of speed. Which, uh, you know, he is a character in the comic books. Uh, eventually, he's killed by yep. the by the, the Black Flash. So, Flash. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. I can't believe they brought in Savitar. I know. I, I guess, you know, there weren't enough speedsters at the moment, so I had to bring more. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, we still have to figure out who... Uh, uh, alchemy is and that's gonna be interesting yeah i don't think it's a uh, julian anymore no no why just um i don't know ju- just the way i mean he's always been a prick but <laughs> i don't think uh he is you know um prometheus at all or <laughs> yeah prometheus at all oh wait no, no that's not prometheus <laughs> fuck alchemy <laughs> Alchemy. <laughs> I don't think he's alchemy at all. The shows are all blending together. <laughs> yes. Especially with that four-parter coming up. Yep, yep. Uh, now, I did think it was interesting that when uh, Wally was talking to him and he asked him if he wanted to go do something. Or, I'm sorry, not Wally. Uh, Barry. Uh, Julian says, oh, I, I have plans. I have to go meet up with my girlfriend. And uh, we we don't get to see this girlfriend. So, Pata. <laughs> Potter, <laughs> Alan. <laughs> That's all I could think about whenever he talks. It's just terrible. Uh, but yeah, so we'll have to see who how this all plays out. Yeah. Well, who do you? So do you think that uh, Alchemy is Julian? I don't know. Like I said before, I think that's just too obvious. So I, I don't really think that that would be. I, I have heard. That maybe it would be uh, Eddie, Eddie Thon from season one. 
Maybe. What? Yeah. That would be kind of weird, right. right? For him to come back in that capacity. Yeah. It would be really weird. <laughs> but, I mean, I liked him as a character, as a person, and as an actor, too, so that would be pretty cool. And, you know, the fact that Iris and uh, Barry are kind of, you know, they're definitely getting along as a couple now. That would throw an, another another wrench in there. Yeah. How do you, uh, so how do you feel about um, Cisco just uh, basically telling Caitlin's secret to everybody? Ooh. That that was weird because like that's very much a you know you don't you don't out somebody else kind of thing moment, but they really needed to they needed to do something or like he like he needed to say something because it was really affecting everybody else's uh, abilities you know to do what what they needed to do so I I don't know I'm I guess I'm on the fence. Okay, I, I feel that what this episode, their storyline could have been in this episode was Cisco trying to convince Caitlyn to stay and him trying to, you know, find a way to help her out or cure her so she won't turn into Killer Frost. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so that, and I like the part where she, he, he t- she asked him to vibe her and he, you know, he, he sees the two of them fighting. Now, literally, that's all we see and you can't really, uh, decide whether or not if she's the bad guy in that scenario that that he's showing so i had i had a little theory which also goes back to alchemy what if alchemy what if alchemy is actually uh reverb from earth 2 you know the 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 cisco doppelganger ganger and he i mean they they talk about how he's giving them their powers kind of using a frequency so what if what we saw was uh, our Caitlyn fighting Reverb? That would be awesome. That would be interesting, right? Yeah. And that, then, whoa. And then maybe that leaves uh, Savitar to be Eddie Thon. <laughs> <laughs> so many speedsters. When he got when he got sucked up into the the speed force or the time vortex or whatever the hell that was, uh, you know, maybe Savitar took over his body. Maybe. Uh, okay, so we're now what on the third season of The Flash. If I just gotta say this, if they're gonna keep on doing freaking speedsters as you know the season villain, I think I might quit the show. Yeah, uh, it, it it's definitely not exciting anymore if you just keep doing the same villain over and over uh i want i I, personally i would like it if they just stuck they did a little bit more with the rogues and you know had it so that he had to solve crimes or stop crimes in different ways instead of just having to do the speed thing over and over yeah I mean, obviously, we're going to have to keep on watching it for, for the podcast, but, <laughs> yeah, it's just going to get old really fast, and I hope that that's not, you know, what they do. Yeah, me too. Or maybe, who knows, may, they might do the Arrow thing and try to use a different kind of villain for the next season and then just go back to its roots. Yeah, I mean, I could see that happening, too. Uh, anything else that we missed in this episode? No. <laughs> Well, uh, just like Barry, we're speeding on through. So, yeah. uh, let's get into Arrow. Uh, what did you think about them going up against Prometheus? That was pretty cool, and you know, leaves out the question: Is he really, you know, Lance anymore? Yeah, Which... uh, I know you had a, a little text message that you sent me. <laughs> <laughs> about Lance uh Lance and Thea and what did you pick up there when she's dropping him off to uh for rehab Oh man um and I was just joking on Facebook when I was like oh god they're totally gonna you know hook up or whatever I was totally kidding about that but I mean shit what if you know he does go into I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. Rehab, <laughs> but you know, just following with your your theory that he's just so pissed off and distraught that both of his daughters are gone and yeah. he wants to take out the team. It adds more uh, substance to your theory of him, or the theory of the whole show of him being, you know, um, Prometheus. 
Yeah, I mean that's. I, I think it's definitely a possibility. I think there it could have been a double bluff, uh, if that's what you want to call it, or uh, you know, a way to they threw it out there so that you wouldn't know or you would think like the option is out there, and then they threw it out there so that it would throw you off, and then it's actually true. So you know that that is a possibility. I liked when Arrow went up there to. to Oh no, that was uh, Vigilante. He went up there to, to dismask Vigilante, and uh, the mask kind of shocked him. Yep, and then he did some ninja powder shit and disappeared. <laughs> Which was interesting, seeing as how he was tied up pretty well with the, the that tie up arrow. So he, the, he he got away pretty good. Yeah, pretty quickly too. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny when when. Uh, Ollie was like, like the the rest of the team was kind of like, why are we uh, upset with this vigilante guy? He's kind of on our side. He's working, you know, he's he's fighting crime with us. And he's like, wait a second. Last week you guys were yelling at me when you found out that I was killing, and now you're okay with this guy killing people? Yeah, he called out. He called them out on his shit. He's like, you can't have both guys. Come on, suit up. <laughs> Uh, and you know, once again, the show became a little bit uh, Batman light with uh, his uh, "you can't do this in my city if you're not, you know, not doing it with me" kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's he's definitely doing that. And I, I wonder if you know they're keeping the identity of Vigilante secret because uh, for the people who don't read the comic books, and because we, mm-hmm. I mean, we already know who who he is since yeah we know uh in the comic book that adrian chase is a vigilante but this adrian guy is a da when he's uh interrogating that girl he says i have been through hell so what are you thinking that he's ex-military probably ex-military and that's how he got his training of vigilante yeah i would assume that's a that's what it was too um and then Oh, yeah, because that's when Ollie congratulates him, and he's like, how'd you do it? You're good out there. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. going to be vigilante. <laughs> that's what I would I would have to go with as well. Um, we saw John Diggle Jr. again, and uh, he was celebrating his, uh, was second birthday? Yep. Yeah, he, we, we saw that, that John Dick, John is going a little stir-crazy in the hive because he doesn't get to see his family as much as he'd like. And uh, Mad Dog, <laughs> Wild Dog does a little, uh, you know, gift for him by bringing the family to him, which was nice. Yeah, I think that's going to help him out because I, I feel like he's going, going overboard, you know? He was still beating the shit out of that one guy, and they had to be like, come on, let's go. He's down. Let's yeah, go. That's true. You're, you're right. So... Uh, yeah, he would, I don't know, I don't think they're going to go much further with that, because he's already been through a lot, but you never know. Yeah, it's uh, true. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, I was just thinking, with the whole John Diggle Jr. thing, it's got to be weird, especially when Sarah comes back, that there's not a baby named after her anymore. Oh, that's true. It's going to take the sentimental value away from it. <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. Yeah. What were you about to say? Oh, it's just to say, and of course, you know, uh, they're going to do a whole ju- uh, Young Justice thing where Artemis is, you know, working with the bad guys. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's what I wanted to get into. So with Artemis... I thought that it was interesting because if you know your Teen Titans comic book, uh, there was a Mm storyline called The Judas Contract where uh, Deathstroke basically uh, had a young teen superhero infiltrate the Teen Titans by the name of Terra. And at one point, you know, she ends up turning on the whole group and and almost killing them uh, with Deathstroke's help. So, I kind of think that that's what they were doing here. Now, someone else pointed out to me, they, Deathstroke kind of did that already in, I want to say, season two? When he, yeah. he had Isabella uh, kind of infiltrate Ollie's, like, as a as the, the surface character, the Oliver Queen, uh, Queen Consolidated company. But 
I think this is a little bit more closer to it because Prometheus is using a hero to infiltrate the heroes. Yeah, that's true. A hero, doing our quotes again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So why do you think that she has gone to the dark side, for lack of a better term? Well... In Young, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, season one Young Justice, she pulled that shit, and what, she was working for her, for her sister, well, right? She, she was working for her father's sportsmaster. Oh, um, that's right. No, wait, that's not true, is it? Was she working for a sportsmaster? Or was she working for her sister? I, her, I think it was her sister. Cheshire? Yeah. What was she doing? She was feeding her information? Yeah, she was feeding her information, and every, you know... Um, every time they'd go take her down, you know... She'd let her go. She would foil... Yeah, and she'd foil the plan, too, so... Or whenever they were doing any good, so... I I mean, I don't really know her motivation for this one. What... Because, I mean, Prometheus obviously isn't Sportsmaster, so... What the hell? You know, what's her real reason behind that? I mean, unless Prometheus is actually, like, an older brother that she we didn't know she had... Or maybe even an older sister. You know, I, I don't want to be sexist. We don't know the sex of uh, Prometheus. But uh, right. we, we all we know about Evelyn is that her mother and father died when... Uh, when in uh, Hive? Yeah, in Hive. Uh, because of Damien Dark. So if... That's her motivation? That's revenge? Her, yeah, revenge on Oliver because Oliver let her parents die? I guess that would make sense and but i mean we the only person that we can obviously blame after this would be would be felicity because she was the one that was like we need a team you need help you need a team and because of her being so pushy ollie recruited all these people yeah that's that could be a thing too so uh i i thought it was an interesting little throw in there that they decided to to make it so that there is a turncoat in the group so we'll have to see how that pans out Oh, and I want to add to. I'm loving this season because we're seeing so many trick arrows. It's awesome. <laughs> Parachute arrow, uh, zip line arrow, tie up arrow. Yes, I love it. It's, it is pretty cool. Yeah, so good work to the creators for actually throwing in all these uh, trick arrows this, <laughs> uh, this season. Uh, anything else about this particular episode you want to talk about? I think I'm done with this one. Do you think, uh, is it, are, are we still going to stick around with our, uh, what was it, our Roy theory from last week? I will stick with that because <laughs> I feel like we, okay, even if we're not right, that was one hell of a theory that <laughs> you and I came up with. Uh, all right, so cool. All because of, of burying <laughs> your flashpoint. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I'm going to say yes. that this episode I did not like. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, I was complaining. I was texting you the whole night when I was watching it. So you know how I feel about it, too. <laughs> well, go ahead and say it again. It, uh, it's just so stupid. I don't think that Citizen Steel needs a, a freaking <laughs> costume. He's just going to look like Colossus it, you know, in a costume, and it's going to look bad and stupid. <laughs> and I feel like they're wasting unnecessary money on that. That money can go to something else. Yeah. Like, I don't know exactly understand what the suit is going to do for him other than be a suit. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that, it doesn't make any sense. And what I told you on, on, on phone or through text messages is I think they're, tr- they're trying to combine uh, his the Nate Haywood character and his father's character, which was Sergeant Steel, I believe, or just Steel, and he was Citizen Steel. So, okay. yeah, I don't know about that. And also, you get an Iron Man suit, you get an Iron Man suit, <laughs> everyone gets an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah, so the biggest uh, problem that Ray Palmer had after his suit blew up is that he, he had no more Dwarf Star element to mess around with to... Uh, once again, make his new suit. But now he has tons of it, so uh, they should be good. So we find ourselves back in the 1800s, the Old West, and once again we're meeting up with Jonah Hex. And that talks like this. <laughs> and 
a, yet another time pirate has just wound up somewhere and he has a device that that can detect where dwarf star element is now this this mine that they're at supposedly dried up they they're like oh there's nothing in that mine anymore if <laughs> miners were in there and they they took out all the let's say copper that was in there and they came across another element that they had no idea what it was. I'm pretty sure they would still dig that stuff up because it's rare. Like it's some, if you don't know what it is, that means it's rare. Why? Why would that stuff still be in there? Be, because it was fucking heavy. Remember? Oh, oh, it's just too heavy. They're like, oh, well, yeah. we can't pick it up. I guess it's not worth anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to bullshit excuse. Yeah, no, you're right because it, it it makes absolutely no sense and. Uh, the the way that the bad guy Turnbull uses it is it's an explosive. I'll put it inside my my bullets so that when I shoot somebody they explode, and then I'll put it on this train and have the train go straight at a mountain. So then the mountain will explode. It's like okay, uh, we're not very creative <laughs> over here at the Legends Writers Table. <laughs> not for this episode anyway. No, uh, we had. What's his face? Um, Stein kind of sidelined himself because he's having headaches, flashes of a woman, right? Yeah. So, okay. This was probably the best part of the episode. Oh yes, <laughs> figuring exactly. what all of this was. What all this was, and I thought it was, I thought it was extremely interesting because uh, he's he's having these, for lack of a better word, memories. Of a person that he doesn't know, a woman that he doesn't know, and uh, he comes to the conclusion at the end that because he says, "I'm pretty sure I'm in love with this girl, or I love this girl, or this woman," mm-hmm. and uh, he 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 thinks that for some reason, uh, what's what, what's his wife's name? Clara, Christine. Ooh, that's uh, shame on me for not knowing. Yeah, shame on me as well. But he he comes to the conclusion that he he left his wife for this lady uh or he doesn't understand he doesn't know he's like if i love this lady then how whatever happened to my wife now i think what is happening here is that because he changed history with himself in the 80s episode that Mm -hmm. him and his wife had a daughter and what he's having a memory of is his daughter and he and he doesn't he doesn't understand it because he doesn't have all the full memory yet Oh, wow, that's actually a really cool theory. My theory on this um, is just uh, since we're doing uh, dealing with the whole alchemy thing is, um, you know, memories of a past life. That's what I thought. That's the best conclusion I came up with. Yeah, that I mean, that definitely could be it, too, because uh, they are spending a lot of time in the time stream. So you never know. There could be uh, not so much past lives, but alternate lives that these guys could be messing around with. Yeah. Oh, another question too. Do you think that Barry's message, the more that they time travel, do you think his message could change? See, I think that it doesn't because they exist inside the time stream. So that's why none of their memories are going to change. Like Sarah will always remember that John had a daughter named Sarah. Like that's why when, uh, uh, when say Barry, what about Barry? Like I don't think his message will oh. change because it exists inside the inside the Waverider. Oh, okay. But what I was gonna say was like Harry Harry Wells when he came back from Earth Two and and went into Earth One he he instantly knew that Barry had changed something so for him the time hadn't changed. Okay. Or the time had changed I, I guess is the way to put put it. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I mean, we obviously haven't gotten any more of the message from Barry from through, uh, Stein and Jefferson yet. So we'll have to find out more of that plays. However, the end of the episode when, uh, Palmer and Haywood are kind of talking to each other, uh, because he's showing him his, his snazzy new suit. Uh, we had, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of interesting because I wonder if CW is trying to make them into the new, like, to into the science bros that, you know, you kind of have with the Hulk and uh, Tony Stark over in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, shit. That's actually a pretty cool comparison. Right? Instead of, like, uh, instead of Nate Haywood being a uh, physicist, 
like or a, a chemist or a biologist you know he's kind of more of a he's a his science is is history so he knows all about that but the two of them are kind of ver- very much broing out <laughs> with each other yeah uh, yep and uh they both love talking about history too so yeah you're right <laughs> uh so then you have sarah come in and be like uh, we need to. You guys need to suit up because we need to uh, go and help out our friends in 2016. Yeah. Yep. So because obviously we're skipping the episode, the following episode because of Turkey Day. That's right. Thanksgiving is going to be coming up, so Legends of Tomorrow isn't going to have an episode, but uh, they'll probably show up right at the beginning of Supergirl to get everybody together. So since obviously it's a four uh, four show crossover. Do you think that Stein and um, and Jax are going to be acting really weird around Barry? Yes, I definitely think that's going to happen, and I think probably by the end of Legends of, Legends of Tomorrow episode, they'll bring Barry onto the Wave Rider and ask him about the message, even Ooh. though that Barry won't have given the message yet. Okay, but that's still fucking up with time. <laughs> As I pointed out last week, these guys really don't <laughs> stick to the we're going to save time. They just kind of fumble around. Because they, they still didn't figure out really what happened in the Old West, why a time pirate was there or anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> See, just that thing, though, show, uh, taking him onto the Wave Rider, having him listen to the message... They're gonna do. I, then they're going to do the cliche like, holy shit, I need to make sure that these things don't happen... So that doesn't happen, and ultimately, Barry is going to make that shit happen. <laughs> See, now you're thinking fourth dimensionally. Way to go! <laughs> uh, anything else that you want to talk about this episode? No. All right, uh, let's go and talk about our favorite uh, leaning villain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Negan. Negan showed up early at Alexandria to pick up what is his, because everything is his. So he's going to. We need to. We at Alexandria have to give up half of our shit, or else. Yeah, even though they kind of took everything. <laughs> yeah, they took a lot more than half, and I thought it was it was funny when he was like, "Hey." I'm leaving you food. You should thank me, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but then when Michonne shows up with that deer, he's like, okay, load the deer up too. It's like, no, that's food. You said they get to keep their food. That's not fair. But I, I guess you can't really talk about fair when you're you're dealing with Negan and the, sa- and the Saviors, right? Right. That's just him being more of an asshole, obviously. <laughs> uh, did you agree with Rick giving up Michonne's rifle? No, no. Uh, did, did you at least see what he was? Uh, what he how how he put it though? Because he's like, look, if one of the saviors comes up on you and you have that uh, rifle, they're gonna think we're lying. We, they're gonna know that we lied to them, and and it's gonna cost us a person. Well, it wasn't in the books, so technically they wouldn't be lying. Uh, I guess, <laughs> but do you really think that? Uh, 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 Negan will be like, oh, well, technically you guys are right, so I'm going to let you go on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, if you could see it see it that way. Yeah, because you know, he seems like a rational person, right? Right, totally. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fucking Olivia almost fucking met Lucille. That's true. For fucking up. <laughs> for fucking up the books. Which, yep. we saw... I mean, so he took those guns... Spencer took those guns a long time ago. You would think that she would have corrected this in the books by now, right? Right, she should have. Yeah, because I could understand if it just happened like yesterday, but it didn't. This happened a long time ago. This is when his mother was still alive. So the fact that she hadn't corrected it by now, maybe she did deserve Lucille. Well, I mean, uh, my buddy told me she fucks up way harder in the comics. Oh well, maybe they maybe they shouldn't have her in charge of inventory. Then. He Negan even pointed that out. Well, he pointed it out a different way. <laughs> she he didn't point out her incompetence. He pointed out the fact that she's fat and she's in charge of the food. Uh, True. As a fat person myself, 
I found a little bit of offense to that, but then it's also pretty true. You don't want us around the temptation of food. The stuff might not stick yeah. around for a while. Well, but so now that, you know, Rosita worked hard for that gun, she's going to jeopardize the whole team if, you know, just how Michonne could have jeopardized the team as well. You're right. And I was very surprised that uh, Negan didn't take away her sword. Oh, that's so fucking true. Like, I mean, he literally left left them with no or like no guns and no ammunition, but I mean, she has a giant fucking samurai sword that she does really good damage with. And I bet you could take yeah. out Lucille instantly. <laughs> See, uh, this was a stupid thing. Rick had multiple opportunities to just fucking bash Negan's head in, and then everybody was just like, "Holy shit, that just happened!" Everybody would have freaked out and maybe the the saviors would have like, holy fuck, this guy's serious. Maybe we should go. Look, I agree with you. I've told I said this from the first episode. He he should have taken he should have bashed him in and then see, seen what happens cuz uh, very a lot uh, very much so that when, you know, you take out the head of the snake, the uh, the rest of the body fail falls, you know. What I think the rest of them kind of in that first episode might have been like what the hell happened or they could have done it. They could have took out the the rest of the crew. Now, now that we're introduced to that lady that works for Negan, uh, I don't know what her mm-hmm. name is. She seemed pretty ruthless too. I'm pretty sure that she would have she retaliated. She would have retaliated. So then that would have had enough of the saviors to uh, fight back with her. But this is obviously a True. small group of them. So if there was yeah. enough of them in Alexandria, obviously a few of them, a few of Alexandrians are going to die. But I I would assume they would rather die than live under Negan? Yeah. And I mean, right. And you know what? I didn't think about it that way. I was like, well, they didn't have Simon. Simon is pretty fucking ruthless as well. And if Simon wasn't there, I think, or that girl now, that, yeah, they could have taken down the whole team. Yeah. I think they definitely could have taken down the whole team. Uh, No. uh, With that rifle, though, that Michonne had, that's the rifle that she got when they killed. The, the the saviors at that uh, telecommunications at the hub. outpost. Yeah, at the outpost. So do you think Negan's going to realize that? He, I think he pointed out one of the guns. Oh, no, he just said a lot of the guns that you guys took, uh, or that you guys have in your inventory, are actually guns that you took from our outpost. Oh, I, I guess I must have missed that. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's why they took all the guns away. Maybe. Uh, but he he gave up the whole reason was that because uh, because they couldn't be trusted because the stuff was missing. But they, yeah, he's right. They were going to take the guns anyway. And Rosita even pointed that out because when Dwight takes her guns from her, she that's why she goes looking for another gun. She says uh, the reason they took my guns is because they're going to take all the guns. Yeah. Oh, also fuck Spencer, and you know I need to give it up for fucking Rick. That just stood up and fucking put him in his place. Yeah, that was... Oh, I couldn't believe he said what he said. And Rick was... I, if I was Rick, too, I, would, I I mean, in that situation, I'd have to be like, you get this one, you say any more, I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that that threat was fucking awesome, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, do you think that Rick is really playing it the way that he is playing the way that we're seeing it if we saw him you know grip lucille like really fucking hard and lift it a little bit he's just acting yeah like i think the the fact that he didn't act on his instinct to bash him in right there it means that he had to use his willpower to stop himself because he has another plan in mind but he's not telling anybody else because he doesn't want like anybody else to uh, let it be seen that he has a plan. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't want them to give it away by their actions. Yeah, and I think the whole uh, "make me a bullet" is actually going to come into a whole lot of play into it as well. <laughs> I think Rosita's going to be like, "I went into the forest, killed a couple of walkers. I found a couple of guns. We can recuperate our stash if we keep on, you know, just scavenging for guns out in the woods." And um, and Eugene can make the ammo for us, and we can eventually take him down. Yeah, that, making that ammo is going to take a while, though. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to find... More importantly, I think they're going to have to find the gunpowder 
I think they can find casings pretty easily, but yeah, it's just gonna be the gunpowder that's gonna kill them. Yeah, obviously. So, uh, I still think the best bet, and then you have to tell me, do are the saviors like patrolling the streets and stuff like outside of the compounds? Because like, say if if someone were supposed to go between uh, Alexandria and the hilltop, or even Alexandria and the kingdom, would is it likely that they're gonna come across saviors? I would say so. I mean, I still haven't read past issue 100, and and the compendiums actually hanging on my on my nightstand. I haven't touched it, but I once I read into it, I'll answer your question. But it would make sense if they're patrolling the area. But then again, maybe not because gas is really hard to come by now. Yeah, yeah that's true too. So, uh, yeah, and all those fucking moving trucks that they had <laughs> in the episode when they went to Alexandria to pick up the the shit. Uh, it's going to be not easy to refuel all those things. Uh, yeah. Which brings us to the fact that they took all their mattresses, too. And they didn't even fucking eat them. What a bunch of dicks. <laughs> they lit them on fire and left them by the side of the road. And in and, and doing a little bit of research, I found out that a lot of people suffered from the same thing that I did. And had no idea what the fuck Michonne was looking at at the end of that episode, which was the burning mattresses. <laughs> and I, because like it, I, it was, I, I watched it like two, two times, two three times, and I was like, I have no idea what that, what it is she's looking at. It's because the CGI was horrible on that. <laughs> and you got to wonder why did they use CGI? Why didn't they just buy mattresses and light them on fire? <laughs> Maybe they they want to be dicks, or like you know these bets could actually go to you know good homes uh, for people that actually eat them. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, they could have bought them at the Goodwill or something, you know, used mattresses. Uh, it, I don't know. The CG, yeah, the CGI, I don't know. To me, it looked like it was a toppled over building or something. I was like, why is that rubble on fire? And why is Michonne so upset about <laughs> it? So it was interesting. Uh, what did you think about uh, Enid and her balloons? Oh, that guy was a creep. That guy was a real <laughs> creep. And... Uh, I knew that if he stepped a little bit further out, uh, like I, I'm pretty sure Rick would have done something, but he didn't. I think I think Carl would have done something, but then again, Carl's like, "I'm never texting you anymore, me." <laughs> but why? Why do you think she was so upset about those balloons? Probably because she was getting really close to Glenn and Maggie, and I think that made her feel like. You know, these this you know, this could actually be like a real family. And I mean, they saw the balloons when uh Glenn and Enid were on the run from all the walkers and they saw the balloons, they're like, Oh my god, Alexandria's still standing. Yay, we can make it. Right. So that's why okay, so I, I get what you're saying and I think that's uh, I think that is part of it. But I think because Father Gabriel played off this whole story of uh uh Maggie's dead. Maggie's dying. I think they're, they're, they're she'll be using the balloons to signal Maggie. Maggie, once you know the saviors are gone, saying, "Hey, it's okay for you to come back," kind of thing. Wow, I didn't even go that far. That's a really good idea, too. Uh, I mean, we we know that there's the underground tunnels that uh, she had to use before. So mm-hmm. the you know, with the combination of those two things, maybe they're going to be easier to travel between you know hilltop and. Uh, in Alexandria. Well, right now they're. Um, I mean, the upcoming episode is. Um, oh God! Uh, the Hilltop community conspiring against Rick. So, wouldn't Maggie be there at the moment? I don't so know. So, if the Saviors were to go there, wouldn't the Saviors find Maggie? Well, it, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it depends if the same group of Saviors go to the Hilltop that were over at. Uh, Alexandria, and just because she went there when ap- we assume that she goes there after uh, Negan leaves them in the middle of the forest, uh, doesn't mean that she's still there. I mean, it's obviously been at least a couple days because uh, Rick's face is pretty healed up or healed up pretty good for you know the damage that he took. Yeah, and he, and you're right because he did say I thought you said you know we had a week early. Yeah, so I mean, we do know it's not it's not a full week, but it is obviously uh some time has passed. Yeah. Do you think Michonne is losing respect for Rick? I think so. So do you think the the end of Rashone is is coming? 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, and yeah. which which makes no sense because you would think that she would gain that respect that she lost for him after he opens up about, you know, Judith. Oh my goodness, I totally forgot about that big bombshell. You're right. He he throws it out there that he knows Judith isn't his uh, his daughter. Uh yeah. he he knows that it's probably Shane's daughter. Now, in 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 actuality, he can't know. He can't honestly know that it's not his daughter because he can't do the paternity test. But the both men were with Lori around the same time, so uh, he's just he's playing it off as it's not his daughter, and he know he owns he owes it to uh, Shane and Lori to protect her, kind of thing. Yeah. Which actually was a sweet thing, too. Like, you know, every day I, I get up and fight, you know, just for her because I know, you know, I want to teach her a lot of things. I want to see her grow up. I want to see her shave her head and grow a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, it It is interesting for him to take it on that way, but I would have to say that that's kind of the world that we live in. Even if, even if he wasn't there from the beginning with, uh, with Judith when she was born, he would, I would assume that he would like, you came across any child that was parentless, just like Maggie and Glenn did with Enid. They would take them in as, as their own, because that's the world that we live in. Just like the two girls from the couple seasons back, even though one ended up being crazy. <laughs> that's true too. Uh, anything uh. else about this episode you want to get into? No, not really. Okay. Uh, yeah. Exciting stuff happening in The Walking Dead. So I'm I'm still hooked. I know a lot of people were saying that the, the season has kind of uh, jumped the shark for them, but uh, I'm still good. I want to I want to see uh, Ezekiel's tiger eat somebody at some <laughs> point. <laughs> when they I go, do too. When they go an all-out war against uh, against Negan, so Negan yeah. and the Saviors. So that, that I think that's gonna be awesome. It is, and it, and once we see, you know, the tiger bite somebody's head off, we're gonna cheer. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely cheer. All right, uh, listeners, if you have any theories or you want to talk about any of the sto- uh, the things we went over in these in these shows, get a con- get in contact with us. Uh, you can get on con- you can get me through Twitter at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Daniel's also on Twitter as. Daniel Von Helvet. And you can get Geek Elite Radio as at Geek Elite Radio. Uh, then go over to Facebook where we do most of our conversation and be part of our community. It's uh, Facebook.com backslash Geek Elite Radio. Then head over to our website, geekeliteradio.com, to hear archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Elite Radio Network. But until next week, this has been the Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.